The following podcast contains real-life paranormal experiences, so please listen with care. Welcome back to Beyond the Gravestone. I'm your host, Sydney. Today, I will be speaking with two family friends who lived in haunted apartments. Scott is my mom's best friend and podcast co-host. Deb is Scott's longtime friend and an actress here in Los Angeles. These super creepy stories are sure to make you wonder about people who came before you in your home. Enjoy the story. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks a lot. (laughs) So we're talking about spooky places you have lived. I'm excited to hear your stories, but before, first, what do you like think of about like the paranormal? Hmm. Well, Deb and I have known each other for a long time, and we're both from an area of the country. We're from the Deep South, where I, I mean, Deb, I don't, you can, I want to know your opinion too. I always grew up, everybody around me always had spooky stories, and there, I rarely ran into people that said they didn't believe. What mm-hmm. about you? I agree. Yeah. Lots of people that just assume that there are ghosts, there are spirits, there are angels, there are um, unseen beings that can help guide us or be mischievous um, or whatever. But there's a strong belief in that. And I do think the the I think everywhere is potentially haunted. But I think in the Deep South, there are lots and lots of uh, ghost ghosty stories. Yeah, I mean, part of it, I think, may have to do also with, uh, like, I'm I'm from a little bit farther north in the state than Deb is, but I'm at the tail end of a trail of mountains called the Appalachians, and Appalachian storytelling and folklore is very strong about all sorts of ghosts. Like, um, one of the things that's really common in the city I grew up in, and Deb probably too, is when you go on somebody's porch you would look up and look at the the ceiling on the porch and it would always be painted blue. And that particular color was called haint blue. And haint is like a Southern way of saying haunt or haunted. And the belief was, is that um, in order to keep bad spirits out of your house, you painted the roof, the ceiling of the porch, the same color as the sky. So it would trick the ghosts into getting caught on your porch and they couldn't get into your house. So, I mean, it's funny. There's just like lots of stories like that. And um, in the mountains where I grew up and where we had our farm, um, there were all sorts of creature stories. Like there's, and they I called them boogers, <laughs> which is a weird, <laughs> like there was the, there was the, um, the Montesano, not the Montesano, but there was the Sand Mountain Booger. There was the Chandler Mountain Booger. There was always like some kind of beastly monster that, you know, howled at night, which I always thought was interesting. So oh, we, wow, we, I didn't we, know those stories at all. Oh, yeah, there's tons of them around the coal mines and where you're from. Yeah. Wow. That's that's so cool because like like there's not many, I guess, stories as much where I live. Like I don't hear that a lot, but that's just super cool to hear. So Scott, why don't you like start off by telling us what sure. happened? So um it's been a long time now, but when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was a performer. 
Um, I was a singer, dancer, actor, mainly dancer. Um, and I had done uh, shows here in LA and I did lots of touring shows. And I was friends with a bunch of other people that did the same thing who, and we had a term for it that we don't use anymore because it's not appropriate. But um, basically everybody traveled a lot. Like if you got a gig, if you got a job, it was like, hey, I'm gonna be out of town for the next six weeks. Do you need a place to stay? So a bunch of us would be switching in and out of apartments for, for several years. And then after um, a couple of years, I this friend of mine called me and said, hey, I heard you were looking for a room. I'm about to go do a cruise ship for uh, nine months. Do you wanna take my room? And here's the rate and it's really cheap and it's in Hollywood. So I go and I move in. And it's this cool old building that was built, I think, in like 1926 or 1927. It was right off Hollywood Boulevard. And it was on a street called Lanewood, where all of the buildings had been built in the 20s when Hollywood was like exploding as like the internet entertainment capital of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So there were old theaters like Grauman's Chinese Theater, the Egyptian, the Royale, and they would have premieres and big movie events all along Hollywood Boulevard. So this was the street where a lot of celebrities and studio people had their second or third homes where they would always have some place to like sleep after events. So years and years and years go by and the neighborhood kind of gets run down. I mean, it was like a little bit of a rundown neighborhood, but it was still like a great building and super, super cheap. And um, so I lived there and I had a roommate um, who was going to be moving out pretty soon. It's interesting. My first roommate in that was I was walked up the stairs because Joe had given me the keys and there was this woman, this really beautiful woman. And she's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I was like, God, your, your voice is really, why do you look so familiar? And she looked really embarrassed. And she goes, well, my name's Jody and I'm from Alabama. I'm like, Jody, you're the little mermaid. And she goes, yeah, wow. I am. I'm the voice of the Little Mermaid. So oh my gosh. Jody and I were were roommates for about six weeks. And then uh, another person moved in when she moved out. But anyway, what first thing I noticed was that things were missing all the time in my apartment. Like I would put my keys down in one place and then they would literally just disappear. Like a handful of minutes later, I'd go back and they'd be missing. And I always thought it was because we had two to three people living there and coming and going all mm -hmm. the time. And it's like, well, that's what happens. People move stuff around and you kind of yell across like, hey, don't move my keys, put my glasses back or whatever. Right. So I kind of got used to it. I mean, it was just became a normal thing, a regular thing, although it was annoying. But it was odd. Like, you know, it was like, I know. And because part of you thinks you're going crazy. You're like, right. wait, I know that I put my pen down here. I know this is where it was. I know this is where I put my shampoo. Where Where is it? And a lot of stuff happening in the bathroom, but it was a one, uh, two bedroom, one bath. So you think, oh, you're sharing this with other people. Of mm -hmm. course, things are going to get moved around. So then I go through several roommates and I stop, I, uh, I retire from my performing career and I start working at a talent agency. So I now have like kind of a regular job compared to most people. Like, you know, I'm not going all over the place anymore. So I'm there all the time more regularly. And I have a roommate, a friend of mine moved from Chicago and he is a regular, you know, working nine to five guy too. 
and the stuff still happens. And I'm like, Hey, Tim, could you not move my keys? He's like, I was going to ask you why you're moving my keys all the time. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not moving your keys. And like, well, you're moving my keys. And then like, I noticed there's something that really made a difference when Tim moved in is that the lights started flashing all the time. And it was an old building. So very, very old wiring that mm -hmm. the lights would flash all the time appliances would turn themselves on and off the stereo would turn itself on and off in the middle of the night and for your listeners who don't remember what a stereo is you used to listen to music through a radio or a record player or a cassette player or a cd player that was set up in your um living room or your your living area mm -hmm. and it had speakers right speakers yeah. in the room like separate speakers. So there'd always be like turning on and off. And I just thought it was electrical. So then Tim um, says to me one day, he goes, uh, is this place haunted? And I was like, really? I don't, I, I don't know. What, 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 I don't think so. I've never really experienced anything. And he goes, well, it's just gotten really weird with the stuff moving around because I know that you're not moving things. Like I've noticed that like stuff gets moved around when you're not even here, when you're at work, it's still happening. And then he said, and I also get a really weird feeling in the bathroom when I'm in the shower and I'm like, Wait, what do you mean? He goes, okay, it's like this. It's like, I'm in the shower and I get the feeling that somebody is standing just outside the shower door, really impatient, like, like they're almost thinking, hey, hurry up. I need to get in there. Oh. And I was like, oh. which I thought was very sort of insightful and intuitive because I had never had that experience, but I had all these other physical things that were happening around me. So then my job changes and I stop working at a talent agency and I start working uh, for a casting director, a very, very famous, very, very famous, well-known casting director. And I learn a lot from her and because of my connection and having worked with her, I get the opportunity to become an associate casting director. So I got, kind of start moving up in, in that field. And when I got the promotion, it's almost like all hell broke loose in the apartment, like really strange stuff. Like now in, in, on top of electronics and computers and electrical things just flashing on and off, I'm starting to see literal like pops of light. Like um, for people that are listening out there, if you remember back in the old days, you used to have a camera and you would flat, you take a picture and the camera would flash and it would be like its own separate light bulb. And that started happening all over the apartment. Like just like imagine a little pop of light just sort of exploding silently within two or three feet of your face. Wow. So That's Tim started so getting weird. That's so I, yeah. weird. Then <laughs> I started uh, getting woken up in the middle of the night by a hand on my shoulder. Uh, like uh, a, a hand, a really cool, very small hand would, would put it on self on my shoulder and I would feel like a little, little shake. And I would wake up like immediately, like, like out of a dead sleep, like what is happening? What is happening? So then Tim, um, has a friend that comes home with him one time this friend was a flight attendant from from south america from an area that very very much believes in in um, the supernatural 
and the guy um and our apartment was on the second floor so you had to walk up this long long stairway of um terracotta stairs and the guy tim said that the guy put his hand on the hand railing and his first foot on the step and he said whoa your apartment is very very haunted it's like a portal like Wow. Well, oh, it was a like... it was a personality in it. So he gets up and before he's at stand, so now he's standing at the door and he says your ha- your house is very haunted. It's a woman. She doesn't know that she's dead and he pointed, he goes, she's and he goes into the apartment. He walks right to the bathroom and he says she's in here all the time. And Tim was like, "Well, what what else are you getting?" And he said, "What She's very, very active and she hasn't always been this active. What does your roommate do? And he said, Oh, he's a casting director. And he, she got, he, the, the medium, um, said, Oh, okay. Well, she doesn't know that she's dead. She was an actress or she wanted to be an actress and she wants your room. She wants to get your roommate's attention. Wow. Isn't that strange? Whoa. So, um, Tim moved out. He another apartment moved. I mean, he didn't move out because of the ghost. He started dating somebody and he moved into the the apartment next to us. Um, and I was living on my own for the first time in years. So it was like, oh, cool. This is I finally got a place to myself. And and the the stuff then it got scary. Like when you have somebody in the house and you're experiencing, it's not a big deal. But when I was by myself, it was really weird because it just kept amping up, like waking me up. Mm every night with either being touched or a fan blade falling off of a fan in the middle of the night or oh. a, or a pan being knocked over in the kitchen oh. you know which was nowhere near the, the 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 edge of the um counter or anything so i went to i mean i have gone to psychics like probably every couple of years for a long time just like like hey you know what kind of vibe you getting on me? What, what do I need to know? What would I benefit from knowing? Mm-hmm. So I went to this um, psychic who she's like, well, I'm not really a medium. And then she goes, oh, but wait, this is coming through big time. And uh, he, she basically said the same thing that the guy had said. And then she said, you know, Scott, you've got to talk to her. Um, I think I don't think she's going to go away. But, you know, if you need to talk to her and let her know that she's not there anymore. So that's a big responsibility. (laughs) I know it felt really bad. I mean, I felt really kind of awful about it. And then I go and I call my first roommate that I haven't like lived with in probably now 10 years. I'm like, because he lived, he moved to San Diego. I'm like, Joe, is our place haunted? And he goes, Oh, yeah. Did I forget to tell you that? <gasps> no. I forgot to tell you. I think it's like the number one rule. I know. What the yeah. heck? Like, why wouldn't you tell somebody, right? So Joe goes, Well, yeah, there's this presence that hangs out like in the hallway outside the bathroom. Sometimes in the bathroom, he goes, Oh, you know what always used to happen with me is I would get this weird feeling when I was in the shower, like somebody really impatient telling me to hurry up and get out. And I was like, That's exactly what happened to my roommate. So oh. then I called the building owner bob and he had was an older gentleman and he moved to palm springs and had several apartment buildings he was a really great guy he was like real um kind of a grouch but he really liked me because i was you know i always paid rent on time and um i was like bob because he bob had lived in that apartment in the 1970s and i said bob is this apartment haunted and he goes oh yeah didn't i tell you yeah it's a woman some woman um oh yeah you know what i remember right this uh 
the original owner told me that the woman died in the apartment. She uh, she was wanted to be an actress, but she wasn't very successful, and she took her life in the bathroom. Holy moly. I know. Oh, God. So then I'm now I'm really sad. Like, Right. I'm really sad that this person had sort of a tragic, I mean, not a sort of a tragic end. She had a tragic end. So I did what the, the psychic told me, and I um, just scheduled a time. It's like, this is when I'm going to sit down. And I went and I got a couple of pillows so I could sit down in the hallway, like outside the bathroom door. And I didn't know her name. I never found out what her name was. But I said, hey, I, I need to talk to you. I know you're here. And by this time, I could feel her all the time. Like, I could really, like, feel the varying levels of her presence. And, and I said... Um, You know, I don't think you, I don't know if you know this, but you're not alive anymore. And um, I feel very badly for you because this has been your place and you've been here a long time, but I live here also. And I'm not telling you to go, but I need to be able to sleep. <laughs> you know, you can hang out, but can you please just not wake me up at night? And something felt like it shifted, like it just really shifted. And everything de-escalated like there were, you know every once in a while she would tap on my shoulder like in that but only when i was awake not when i was asleep anymore but then the coolest thing sydney was that i had a friend um who was a complete non-believer absolutely does not believe in any afterlife no religious beliefs no nothing she's like we're we're here and then we're worm food that's all there is to it and um we were sitting in my room um looking at pictures and she said something like oh that ghost story is like that stuff is such bs and then the minute she said that a pop of light went off right in front of her eyes like maybe a foot and a half away and we were both sitting there and her face went completely open she's like oh okay i see what you're talking about so Wow. Yeah. So that's my story. I mean, I feel the thing that makes me the saddest is that the, after I moved out a couple of years, they, somebody bought that building and they tore down the remaining, uh, original buildings on that street and built this enormous modern park, uh, um, apartment building. So like the, the layout is all changed. And I wonder like, is she still there? Does she, is she in somebody else's apartment in a different area? Is she confused? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of silly Yeah, to worry how about does something like that, but how does that work? I don't know. I don't know. So that's my story. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so Deb, do you think you can top that? oh, Deb can top it. I've heard the story. It's chilling. <laughs> It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's there are a lot of similarities. Um, so I was living in New York. in Brooklyn to be specific, with my sister and two other roommates. And New York, it's very hard to find a, a good apartment. Um, and we'd been looking for a long time and we found this place that was unbelievable. Um, it was on not a great street in not a great neighborhood, but it was big, it was three floors. And the only other apartment in the building was above it. And that was the landlord's brother. And in these three floors on the ground level, there was a bedroom at the front and kitchen living room and this sort of utility room 
to the side. Then downstairs, the basement had been converted to a bedroom. And then upstairs, there was another bedroom and bathroom. So the four of us could be in there really comfortably. And I shared a room with my sister, so that was easy. And then each of the other roommates could have their own floor. And on the main floor, there was this hallway that went to the front door of the apartment. And then there, in the hall, there was also a flight of steps that went up to the landlord's brother's apartment. I have a question. Yes. So is it a, was it a brownstone? Was it like one of those classic sort of New York brownstones? Okay. Yes. It was a classic New York brownstone. So is it like and a staircase was, going up when you enter? Mm -hmm. You okay. go in the front door, there's a staircase that goes up or you can walk down the hall to our front door. Okay. Um, and it was built in the 1800s, oh. beautiful old building, lots of original detail, lots, you imagine like all those old buildings, how many people live there and maybe died there. Like, you don't know, there's so much history. And, um, but it was a really reasonable rent. And it even had a back uh, yard, sort of a yard. It was paved over, um, but it was like a yard to us. And you, we could, there was a clothesline set up so that we could dry our clothes. There was a washing machine in the basement. And these in New York, usually you have to take your clothes to a laundromat and then you have to bring them back, you know, to have a washing machine in the apartment, very fancy. So we were super excited to move in. So the the first day we're there, we have all moved our, our stuff in. We're still, we've still got boxes everywhere. And, um, and we, it was chaotic. But my sister was sort of the the den mother. She was the person that organized everything, and she had all the tools for like putting up pictures or you know repairing things. And um, so she called a meeting in the living room, and the four of us gathered in the living room. And she said, "Okay, let's make a list of all the things that we need. Um, and we know we want to have clothes that we can dry, a, a line that we can use to dry clothes in the backyard. So I'll write down clothesline." Um, oh, also, I need some electrical tape because we need to to fix that lamp that we moved electrical tape. And then our roommate said, Oh, yeah. And another thing, one I think one of you borrowed a dress of mine that I want to use tonight for a date that I'm going on. Do you know where that red dress went? And I was like, No, I don't I remember borrowing it. We all were like, No, we didn't we didn't borrow it. She's like, Well, I can't find it. And I'm lo I've looked for it everywhere. I've unpacked all my clothes. I can't find it. It was like, well, we didn't borrow it. And she was sort of mad. And then the phone rang. The phone was in the utility room, just off the living room. So we're still in the living room. My sister goes into the utility room, answers the phone. And this is back in the day when you had a landline. You actually had a phone in the apartment. And she picked it up, wrong number. She hangs up, but she still stays in the utility room. We're like, Lynn, what's going on? She walks back out and in this utility room that had nothing in it is a roll of electrical tape and perfectly new, perfectly coiled clothesline. And she was like, where did this come from? This isn't what? ours. We didn't. Where's and we're like, well, it must have been there. She was like, no, there was nothing in this room because uh, the only thing in this room are my box of tools that I haven't unpacked yet. And I made a joke like, oh, well, maybe this place is haunted, in which case we'd like a million dollars, please. We'd all like a million dollars. Ha ha ha. And it was like, oh, well, I guess just 
it was there and you forgot about it or something okay hmm then our roommate that was looking for the dress walks back into her bedroom and screams and the red dress she was looking for is draped over her bed over all of the things that she's unpacked it is draped and she's like i know that wasn't there when i left the room and all of you were in the same room together discussing it when she asked time. yeah yeah wow. and so insane. it was like well that's really peculiar and we didn't you know it was like she probably just didn't realize it was you know like you just you find ways of excusing you make excuses yeah. yeah you make excuses because your first thought isn't oh a ghost manifested clothesline and electrical tape like that wouldn't be something you think would be but i thought well you know if there is something here it seems friendly and helpful so that's a good thing um shortly thereafter lights would come go on and off to the extent that we had our landlord call an electrician and the electrician came and checked everything and it had recently been renovated because it had been uh, uh no one had been living in it for almost 30 years and when the landlord bought it um it was it had been completely abandoned and it was in terrible shape so he had the whole building rewired so it was brand new uh, electrical um so uh it was very odd and unsettling but we went with it like it didn't we it wasn't so scary that we thought we need to move it wasn't threatening or weird um that and, was that's exactly the way I felt. And also it was like, I'm not moving out of a two bedroom yeah. apartment that's only seven hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The you four know, like, of us yeah, a three floor apartment with a washing machine and a backyard in Brooklyn. No, we were like, it's gonna take a lot more than that to get to get us to move. Um and let me let me add something, Deb, because that's something that you and I were sharing at that time that I think maybe some people would leave. Maybe some people would go, This is too much. But you and I were both performers working job to job, you know, trying to find a break in the entertainment industry. We didn't have a lot of flexibility with money, right? I mean, no. this was a time where you have to, you had to be very, very frugal in order to get by. Yeah. And in, in New York, you have to have a lot of money to move because you need first month's deposit. You need last month's deposit. You need a month's security deposit. You have to have a lot of money a lot of cash just to move and so it's not as something you do lightly unless you're doing what what scott was talking about sort of a nomadic um just you know subletting a place for a little while going to another place for a little while if you're moving into a place you've made a, a bit of an investment and so we were like you know this is a little weird but okay then things started there were spots that would be super cold in the room for no reason or the air would feel really humid in one part of the room and not another. Um, there was an area in the basement, you would walk, you would walk through it and all the hair on your arms would just stand straight up. You felt like a prickling at the back of your neck when you walked over this one particular part of the room. And again, it was like, it must be some electrical thing. It must be some sort of air circulation thing. We, we couldn't figure it out. Um, and we, I was homesick one day and all of my roommates and my sister were out. 
and um i went downstairs and i we had a little toaster oven on the counter and i put bread in the toaster to make a piece of toast and my sister called so i walked through the living room into the utility room to answer the phone and she was checking on me seeing how, how i was doing and i was talking to her and and i just peeked into the kitchen and i saw that the toaster oven was on the middle of the floor what that's so moved, random yeah it had moved from the counter plugged in making my toast to being on the floor unplugged and so i was like lynn hold on just a minute and i put the phone down and i walked into the kitchen and i could hear And as I got closer, I opened the corner cabinet where there was a built-in Lazy Susan, you know, one of those sort of turntables turn that you could put spices on, you could put different mm -hmm. things on. And I opened it up and it was spinning. It was flying around and all the spices had flown off of it. And as I opened it, I saw it was spinning and I backed up, backed up, picked up the phone and I said, Lynn, the toaster, the toaster's on the floor. The toaster's on the floor and the spices are off the rack. This she is like, like from the movie what? Poltergeist, right? Oh, it was like, this is up a level. Now this is ramping up. Similar to Scott's story. It's like, this was, this was more um, active. Now the, the spirit there is more active and moving things in the in the same time and space you know it just felt very much more present um and of course my sister's like get out of the house get out of the house and i said you know it doesn't feel like it, it wants me to leave it's not like get out get out um i i was scared that was the first time i was scared because it was i was there by myself and also it was so uh dramatic it was just such a weird dramatic thing to happen. Um, but I, but we didn't move out and we, we didn't, uh, I did, I did, when I ran into the landlord, uh, his brother on the stairs, I said, you know, I, I have to, I have to ask, do you know if this place is haunted? And he was like, nah, it's not haunted. What are you kidding me? No, nah, it's not haunted. And I said, well, what, there's some things that have been moved around and lights and, you know, this feeling, uh, you know, in, in the, in the basement, and he was like, oh, well, you know, that's funny you mentioned the basement because uh, when we was digging it up and renovating the whole place, you know, in the uh, we found buried in the basement floor, we found like a man's pair of shoes and a man's diamond ring. What the heck? I'm like, where? And he goes, I'll show you. So he comes down to the basement and he was like, right here. That's where we found the stuff, which is the exact spot where you walk through and all the hair on your arms stood up. And so immediately I say, what did you do with the shoes and the ring? And he's like, oh, it's this ring. And he was wearing it. Oh my God. <laughs> what did it look like? Like what kind of ring was it? It was, it was a gold ring that was really beat up and it had a diamond set deep in it. You know how the man's rings, like the stone is kind of flush with the edge of yeah. the ring. And so it was set down and it wasn't a huge diamond, but it was like, why would you wear clearly why would it be buried there why i said did you find any bones did you find he goes no but we didn't dig that deep i'm like i bet oh. you didn't yeah so i'm glad you did it just i know right 
<laughs> but so I said, don't you feel a weirdness when you walk through here? He was like, nah, not really, nah. It's like, okay. And he was like, you girls are so cute. You girls are so cute thinking that oh, it's haunted. That's adorable. You, you girls are adorable. I'm like, uh-huh, it's adorable. So then we started seeing things like, um, in fact, we, were, we had friends over and over her shoulder, my over my friend Mary's shoulder, I could see against the wall, like a mist, like a smoke rising up from the wall, heading up towards the ceiling. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, do I say anything or should I just keep this to myself? And she says to me, you're looking at smoke on the wall, aren't you? And I was like, why would you say that? She said, because I've been watching it over your shoulder on the other wall. And I didn't know if I should say anything. I was like, what the heck? And we asked other people and they were like, yeah, I kind of noticed that, but I, I I, didn't know what it was. I didn't want to say anything. And that was well, brand new. That's oh. what is so interesting about something like that is that, you know, sometimes in the peripheral area of your vision, mm -hmm. like if you're concentrating or your eyes are strained, sometimes you can see sort of like a flickering mm -hmm. that like almost like a, you know, a, like a not a hallucination, but like the same kind of thing, like medications can cause that and um, drugs can cause that where you feel see like a wavering that looks like smoke. But for two people to experience it, well, more than two people, more everybody two people. was like, yeah. oh, by the way, let's all share our stories and we're experiencing the same thing. That is, yeah. And I remember we, the first time you told me the story, I like the, the hair on the back of my neck went up. Well, it was it was so bizarre. And also we weren't on any drugs and we weren't drinking like just for the record, just this was record. not a shared hallucination <laughs> you know, from anything. But Thank it was, you. I was worried. No, <laughs> no, it was so it was so bizarre that we all had seen it and also not felt so threatened that we had to say something right. or, you know, or or run away. But we had we, I'd lived there at that point for for two years and we hadn't seen anything like that. So it was like, well, that's new and weird. Um, then uh, I was actually doing theater in California for a few months and I had a friend that was subletting who uh, was there by herself and had been for hours. And all of a sudden the police were at the door and they she came when she went to the door and they said we we got a call that there was a woman in distress at this at this location and this is again back in the day when you had landlines where the the phone number was traced to a specific address a location through the through the landline and she said no i'm the only one here and i haven't called i'm not in distress and they said well we need to come in and check because someone might be making you say that and we need to make sure that you're okay. She was like, oh, come come in. There's just nobody else here. They walked through the apartment with her, opened all the closets, looked in the bathroom, looked under the bed. They were like, nope, you're good. She was like, well, who called? Why would someone have called? It was a woman's voice and she said she needed help. So we have to come check it. She thought, well, that's weird. Then we were having a July 4th uh party and it was um probably dusk so maybe like 7 30 or 8 at night and i thought oh i before people come over i want to go and turn on the porch light and so i walked down the hall 
and turned on the light and I turned around and there was a woman standing on the stairs coming down from uh, the landlord's brother's apartment. And I said, oh, hi. And she didn't say anything, which I thought was rude. And she was just looking at me and she was wearing a dress um, that went all almost to the floor. And I don't remember what, what she had on her feet, but she had shoes on her feet. She looked like, um, like a, a real person, like a completely fully realized human being is the way I, I thought wow. it was a person. I thought it was a guest that he had had, even though he never had guests. So you're mean like there was like, it wasn't like you were looking at something that was transparent yes opaque you couldn't see through this person or they could not see through this misty or ghostly no it just was like a real person yeah and i as i walked out of our front door to down the hallway turned on the porch light that whole time i didn't hear anybody walking on the steps and when i turned around and saw her i was startled because i didn't hadn't heard anybody walking and this was an old building that all the floorboards creaked and i hadn't heard anybody walking and she wasn't moving she was just standing there and she had dark hair and it was parted down the middle and it was pretty dark hair and it was long hair and she was just staring at me and so i went oh hi and i thought oh well all right she doesn't want to say anything and i just went back and as i passed her i felt her just watching me and i suddenly got really freaked out because i i suddenly thought oh Maybe that's a ghost. So I sort of picked up my pace. And as I got in, then I got to our front door and I turned and closed the front door and I locked it. And I would thought, okay, she's going to, now I'm going to hear her walking down the stairs and out the door. And I didn't hear anything. And after that, our roommate who was living in that front bedroom on the main floor, every night at like 2.15 in the morning, would hear a woman walking down the sidewalk in like boots keys jangling keys in the front door to the hallway to the building and then the door opening the door closing and then uh, a woman sighing and then no footsteps nothing the first time it happened our roommate thought that it was one of us coming in late and so she went in she opened our front door unlocked our front door to let us in and there was nobody in the hallway and after that night, she heard it every night for months. Needless to say, she did not go and open the door to see if anyone was out there because she would hear, oh, and no footsteps. That was freaky. Um, then the gas burners on the stove started to come on by themselves, which is just super dangerous. We had the yeah. gas company out. Is there any problem with the gas? Nope, there's no problem with the gas line. Okay. So then we started saying, hey, please don't turn on the gas. That's really dangerous. Please don't turn on the gas. When I got back from California, um, I had shipped a couple of boxes and I had two suitcases. Um, I had the boxes in the bedroom and we had a little shower, a uh, little bathroom with a shower. I have my suitcases there. I hadn't unpacked them. I immediately go and get in the shower. And when I get out and I'm in the house by myself, when I get out of the shower, I go to open the bathroom door and I can't open it. And I 
push really hard and someone has stacked the suitcases and the boxes hard up against the bathroom door, keeping me in the bathroom, which was also sort of an escalation. So it was like, well, that's not a friendly thing to do. That's not helpful. That's not clothesline and electrical tape. That's saying you, you're not allowed to leave the bathroom. And so that was really freaky. And it just felt like it had escalated. It felt like it was more aggressive and not as friendly. At that point, I'd been living in the apartment for almost six years. Um, and uh, not because of the ghosts, but I ended up moving out at that point. And by then I had had many, many roommates. I was the only person from the original four that was still living there. We had one roommate come and it was like, we were friends with her, but we didn't know her that well. And she was like, oh, I'm looking for a place to live. And she came over and she's like, where would my bedroom be? And it's like, oh, it's downstairs. Let me show you. We walked down the steps to the basement bedroom. She walked in and she said, I can't live here. Uh, and I was like, why? And she goes, it's haunted. It's haunted. Wow. Wow. And I said, oh, okay, yeah. And she was like, I'm so sorry, but I can't live here. <laughs> like, All right, so she wasn't uh, a roommate. Um, but yeah, so it, it, when I moved out, a neighbor from down the street came up. Literally, we are packing boxes in, in a van that we had rented to move. And they said, yeah, we was wondering how long you girls would last there. I was like, excuse me? And it turns out, literally the day we're moving, I found out that um, there was a man who lived there for a long time and he had a very young wife and there was a fire in the apartment and she died. And he, the, he ended up living in the apartment even though it was kind of a shell for several years, I guess kind of lost his mind and died in the apartment. I never felt like he was there at all, but I felt, I feel like that woman, her spirit was in that place. Um, and that she was not trying to be a problem, but it, it, there was confusion there. Like, like your story, Scott, about just like not realizing what had happened to her maybe. Was do you think that was the woman you saw on the stair? I do. And do you remember what she was wearing? I mean, I know it's been a long time, but like you, you know, I you remember re her face and her hair so distinctly. I was wondering if you remember what she was wearing. I just remember it was a long skirt and it was long sleeves, but it was kind of gauzy. It was it was almost like a hippie outfit, like someone from from the 60s, maybe. But but it wasn't that hip if that makes sense it, so it could have been a vintage thing from it could have been early yeah century. it could have been a vintage thing it wasn't so period uh costume that i thought oh that's really weird like when i just sort of and i was mostly looking at her face but it was long and also because it was july i thought it's a little hot to be wearing long sleeves even even if they were kind of gauzy it seemed um like a lot of clothes to be wearing in July in an unair conditioned place. Um, but I, I feel like that that spirit must have been so strong or her or her life abbreviated in some way. And I don't know uh, how she died. And then the apartment was empty for about 30 years. So 
you know, it was, so it was a long time before that we had gotten there. It was must have been the 30s, 40s, 50s, but that these old neighbors remember the stories of the people that lived there that our landlord didn't even know those do you ever go on like google maps is the building still there the building is still there yeah wow i know it was it was not a scary there were times when i was scared but it wasn't it didn't seem like the kind of spirit that wanted to force us out it never felt so malicious in that way so um so because people said how could you have lived in a place that was haunted and i was like it was only twelve hundred dollars a month it's <laughs> very cheap very reasonable um but but also it didn't feel like a spirit that that wanted you know there was no um blood pouring out of the walls right it was just smoke rising up out of the walls so that's not so bad <laughs> Minus the almost again fire, but yeah, there was you know. yeah. Did you, the gas did, burners? Would you know. smell when you when you guys saw the sort of phantom smoke? Would you smell fire or smell smoke? Nope, it didn't have any any smell at all. Which is another thing that we all remarked on because it was almost like a mist because it didn't like that much smoke. You 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 think you would smell, but it was. Um, it was weird and we had all seen it and it was all on different walls when we saw it and then it wasn't there anymore like it was you know when we went to go look at it and we went in other rooms because then it became a quest then it became like a party game to figure out you know what we had all collectively seen but um no it was so strange it's so cool to, to hear this story because i mean this is i've you've i've made you tell this at at birthday parties i remember one time you're like deb has to tell her ghost story because it's the best <laughs> in the world it's better than mine the but, weirdest thing i think was the phone call to the police yeah because that felt that was that was really soliciting help from from outside from beyond us being in the space somehow there was a means that she had or that they had to to reach out and to say, I need help. And, and what, did, are, were the police saying that it was traced to that landline? Mm -hmm. Wow. That it came That's from a big deal. our phone number in the apartment. Do you think um, she was like trying to like show how she died by that? Like, I don't know, she was trying to call for help. Yeah. And like this smoke and stuff, like how she died in a fire and like turning on like the gas things. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And maybe with being blocked into the bathroom at that point, I thought maybe he locked her in a room and she died in the fire. She died of smoke inhalation or something. And that's why she was saying, look, I put all these things against the door, not to keep you out, but to give you some sort of message. Yeah. Or maybe she accidentally got stuck in there. Yeah, mm. it could have been an accident. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I wish, I wish we'd gotten an, an exorcist. I wish we'd gotten someone, you know, to come in and try to reach her. Um, but we didn't, we just didn't. I don't know why we didn't. I don't think we really had the wherewithal. Um, I don't know. I regret that. But, uh, but it's, it's it's fascinating and I feel like even the houses I've looked at in in Los Angeles looking to buy a house with my husband we saw a lot of different houses and there were there were several that 
we would walk in and be like, Mm-mm, nope. There was one that we walked in and it felt like immediately people were pressed right up against us, whispering with lots of different people pressed up against us, whispering, constantly whispering, whispering in our ears, literally just walking into the living room and all these people right up against us, right up against us. And I looked over at my husband and he looked over at me and we both sort of shook our heads. And the realtor was there like, welcome, come in, sign in, let me show you. Look, we've redone the kitchen. And we both were like, I'm so sorry. I'm not feeling well. I I should, we should, uh, we'll come back. We'll come back. Uh, you know, so uh, my husband and I are looking for a new place as well right now. And we like older buildings. We don't want to go into like a new modern building because we're in like a 1928 building right now. So we're looking for something similar. And we've been looking at a lot of apartments, which is exhausting in itself. Like it, it you know, just takes up a whole day and you're like, does it have this? Would this work? Yeah, and you think, can I, I picture the Christmas tree here? Can yeah, I, can I mean, I, yeah, is this some place that I want to spend the next 15 years of my life in or something like right. that? So, and we've seen some really lovely places. We've met some really lovely people, some really great landlords. And we saw a place last Saturday that I had that exact same experience in. Like we walked in and Dan doesn't, my husband doesn't feel the stuff the way that I think I feel. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm very... Uh, I don't know what's out there, but I do know that that there's a lot more out there than any of us understand. Mm -hmm. um, and I think of that from a scientific perspective is like that there's maybe there's things out there we just haven't learned to measure yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, this apartment, I couldn't get out of there quick enough. Like I, I just the way the rooms were set up, the way the light in the apartment felt oppressive. Oh, like hmm. you couldn't like you couldn't breathe. And even the guy that was like our real estate agent was super cool and like i just loved the hell out of me such a great guy but the real estate agent that was there representing the house like was had a weird vibe about him too and i'm like i looked at dan i mean and i just shook my head like well, we got to get out of here this is uh -huh. this is not not good not, not a possibility yeah no it's I funny think that, you, that you get you... those vibes you know mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah well Thanks for like coming on and sharing your stories. I had a lot of fun listening. Thank you. Thank you. I love your podcast. I do too. <laughs> well, I'm glad Such you a got great to idea. come on. Yeah, yeah, our pleasure. Are you fascinated by unexplainable crimes, conspiracies, and fringe culture? Well, step into the crawl space. From tales of survival and deepfakes to synchronicities and cryptozoology, Crawl Space is a podcast that brings you weekly stories of the mysterious, harrowing, and bizarre. Search Crawl Space wherever you listen to podcasts. Crawl Space, where crime meets culture. You've been listening to Beyond the Gravestone. Please follow or subscribe wherever you get your audio so you never miss a new episode. You can also follow along on Instagram at Podcast by Sydney to get all the news on Beyond the Gravestone and my other podcast career quest. Thanks for listening. Bye.